someone had said to me four years ago, you are going to be leaving your career of 20 years to sell wallets for women in impoverished communities in the Philippines, I would have said, you know, what are you talking about? But it has been the most beautiful story. Welcome to Faithful Innovation. I'm Tina Jason. I love learning about the way God's love motivates how people serve the world. Hearing authentic personal stories deepens my understanding of how God transforms regular work and everyday encounters into acts of grace. Join me as I seek out ordinary people in cities, suburbs, small towns, and rural places who are doing extraordinary things. The goal, to inspire a wholesome expression of faith in your life, ministry, or business. My guest today is Amy Zawislak, founder of Sora Products. In 2015, Amy visited two communities in the Philippines where she saw the impact that dire poverty has on people. In a country where 18 million people live on less than $1 per day, her heart broke for the people in these communities who did not have a livelihood to support their families or an experience of God's grace. Shortly after returning to the U.S., God led Amy to start a missional marketing business in partnership with two Filipino ministry workers. God is using her 20-plus year corporate career and a willingness to be part of His work in Southeast Asia to establish a creative way to come alongside ministries in these communities. Amy helped to establish Sora products, providing marketing opportunities, biblical values, education, and holistic ministry to women in these impoverished communities. The missional business is giving the women a just wage for their craft, making products out of local resources. They're currently making handbags and wallets out of recycled packaging and dried water hyacinth plant materials. Amy, thanks for joining me today. Yes, it's a pleasure to be with you. As we get started, would you just share your faith background growing up? My family was of the Presbyterian Protestant tradition, and so we weekly would go to church. Uh, we did not really integrate our faith you know, in our daily uh, life other than thanking God at mealtime for the food. So in college, I began to investigate different faiths and met a Christian that was a part of a fraternity house that I uh, spent a lot of time you know, at uh, parties on the weekends. And also my roommate, who was a sorority sister, she was a Christ follower, and she also would talk to me about faith. So it was senior year of college when the friend at the fraternity house shared the spiritual laws booklet that talks about uh, knowing God personally and inviting him and his saving grace into my life. So it was at that point that I began to walk with God personally and received his gift of faith personally. We'd shared in your bio that you had a 20-year corporate career and now having helped establish Sora products, how do those two pieces tie together? Hmm. Think as I entered the marketplace then as a new believer and a follower of Jesus, I began to see him in my everyday life and desired to uh, share his love and his grace with those around me. My professional background is in architectural design and planning. So as I would go about my day, I would find myself in 
spiritual conversations about different aspects of life and living and um, would have the opportunity to bring faith into those conversations. So as I progressed through my career and saw God not just being in church on Sunday, but being in my everyday life. And as I went on a trip to the Philippines, I saw God starting to to open, I guess, open my eyes to his global work in the world, not just in my uh, American corporate job and career. Mm -hmm. What took you to the Philippines the first time? A great question, because I didn't really even know where specifically the Philippines was. Um, I knew it was somewhere in Asia, south of China and Japan, but uh, was not really familiar with the Philippine Islands. But the church that I was going to at the time invited me to go on a short-term two-week trip. There were eight of us that were invited to partner with an organization in Manila um, that was ministering to people who are working amongst the 18 million um, impoverished people there. It was really a trip to give them a retreat. So a week, we did a week retreat in Manila and then a week in the South in Davao City. And uh, we ministered to about 200 people who were in full-time service there. We did a range of service opportunities to minister to those workers. So that was my original trip. Then um, I heard amazing stories of how God was changing lives through his, you know, his message of love and grace in these communities. And I wanted to know more. And I wanted to know how I could serve these uh, dear people there. Was it in that first trip that you visited the communities that, that really was the pivot point? Yeah, it, it was actually a second trip. It was that first trip that I met my now ministry partner, one of my ministry partners. And she, on that trip, invited me to then come back. So three months later, I went back and she took me into the communities. And that's where I saw poverty like I had never seen before. Children and you know families that were just in, in dire need. On that trip, I met the women who were weaving products that were uh, helping supplement their husband's meager income to try and sustain livelihood for their family through their wallet making. Mm -hmm. I heard a story of um, them. Um, They shared that they have these products, but they have no market. Because it's so poor over there, they um, have a very hard time selling their products. And when they sell them there, they are making maybe the equivalent of like a dollar in the U.S. for eight hours of labor. And my heart started stirring to use my business background to help provide a market for them. What did those early visions of Sora look like Mm -hmm. as you thought about, hmm, what could I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the early visions were selling products to my friends and family that I knew would, uh, would like to invest in these women's lives with my project management background had then come back to the U.S. and did a spreadsheet and a small project plan of how I thought that it might uh, be started. A business, a small business could be started. God honored that effort in ways that I never could have imagined. 
that he took my small steps and then honored that by providing a market through my pharmaceutical company that I was working at at the time that had purchased corporate gifts in the past, but not from a faith-based organization before. By me just sharing the story, sharing the vision, there was a champion at my company that God used, really. I mean, it's really a testimony of his, yeah, of his work and honoring our steps. When we take a few steps, how he blesses those steps or redirects. For me, it was a, um, a confirmation that I was to continue to walk forward. They purchased a hundred of the wallet for a corporate gift for their administrative professional day gift in 2015. And that's what launched, really launched the business. Gave me then some seed money to pursue a few avenues that were on my project plan, um, some open air markets and some local marketing opportunities in the Chicagoland area to then begin to buy from these women regularly and give them a regular market. And by faith, since since April of 2015, we have been ordering products every six weeks from these women and have been able to, to sell all of them. You know, by the time that that next box comes, you know, we're able to um, provide that marketing for them. I'm just thinking about the logistics of international business with impoverished communities in the Philippines. And I'm wondering what you've had to learn in actually transporting product internationally to be able to market and sell here in the U.S. Yes, and that's been another what I call God's story the missional business and answering prayers to these women for a partner that could help grow their business and develop them personally. What we were able to partner with an organization in Manila that had already been shipping products internationally, and they have allowed us to ship through their contract through the um, nonprofit that has this partnership with FedEx we were able to identify a partner in Manila, a local partner that would then um, help us with the shipping. So that is, again, God's grace has really, um, that door just flew open. And then also um, one of my other partners, Des, she has a love for detail and for quality control um, process. God has um, really blessed her effort to then ensure that when I get a box, product box, that the quality is perfect. So people who are doing this type of missional business have commented, you know, that it is very rare to receive shipment that have, you know, 95% uh, beautiful, you know, beautiful products without um, quality issues. And that partner is in the Philippines? In the Philippines. Okay. Yes. So those are the two women that you mentioned in my bio Mm -hmm. that are, yeah, that I'm partnering with. What have you seen happen over these three years since you've been working in partnership, marketing the products, funds are going back into the communities? What changes have you seen taking place? The biggest thing that I have seen happening is a change in the women, in the way that they view themselves, the way that they are identified in the community, in their homes, and personally learning how to uh, live the way that God sees them. 
and 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 that their lives are now reflecting you know, his love, his grace, a new way of living. They don't have to be slave to their their poverty. Mm-hmm. Holistically, their lives are changing. Mm-hmm. So if if you might paint a scenario of what it might have looked like before and now, what's what's the contrast that you see? what isn't evident is what the before looks like, you know, what the dynamic might've been within the family, how the woman might've perceived herself. Mm-hmm. From what the, the local workers are telling me um, and what I'm seeing on my trips and visits. So before was more of a dependency and a mindset of like expecting people to fix them or give to them money because they are amongst the poorest and they're a victim. Their mentality was very much a uh, a victim mentality. And now that we're and it's a it's an empowering to for them to be able to step into and flourish in as they are given their opportunity to step into their god-given lives or you know opportunity to grow and flourish so now yeah they they're really um we're seeing them now the way that they're talking to me the way they're interacting is more of a um a healthier less of a entitled victim perspective and it's more like a thankful perspective to god really of giving them this opportunity to work mm-hmm. and to live and to feed their families and to not watch their children uh having to be in a feeding program or desperately ill because they do not have a means to provide. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about just that concept of vocation that God planned work for us to do. You use the word flourishing. To me, that paints such a beautiful picture of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. How has the economics of this impacted maybe their view of God or relationship with God, their, their own spiritual growth? over these, just what you can see in these three years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's been one of coming to understand that he not only created them, but that he cares intimately for them. And his principles in his word are not just things that we may say and are out there to aspire to, but they really are for our everyday tangible use (laughs) to when we put them in practice, they work because they're from him. Not only, you know, for encouragement, which I've seen them as they're learning from the Proverbs and from some of the stories of Jesus, you know, that they are seeing how his truth is really transforming not only them economically, but also emotionally and spiritually. How is this shaping your own view of God and God's work and your relationship with God? Well, it's definitely given me that same reminder that I have known, but now I know, (laughs) whole new level. My trips to and from to the Philippines and into the communities has just shown me his intimate presence and concern in the midst of the most dire situation and darkest place on the earth. You know, these ladies are amongst the world's poorest 
And yet he is right there and he is totally so real. Like he is, he is working so uh, intimately and in the detail of their lives. It brings me back to my life and how, how he's in very much in the details of my life as well. When you take those lessons learned in a country far away, in some mm. ways very different from here and communities very different from the United States, what threads might you say, you know what, it's, it's exactly the same here. It, it might look different, but mm. how do you apply what's happening there to what might happen in your own community? Yeah, that's a great question, Tina. There is definitely some commonalities, even ways that I have seen, you know, poverty in such a different light, which I'm sure a lot of people who are working in the impoverished communities in the world come back to a more of a developed nation with this perspective. But their families, now that they are feeding their families and they're out of risk and they're able to maybe put a new door on their 15 by 15 foot home or build a loft so that they can sleep above their corner where their kitchen is, they are happy. They are content. They are thriving. I think of my own, you know, my upbringing in America I look to the person next door and I would say, oh, they have this new car or this new that or whatever, right? Um, And I would battle wanting those things. And we have so much. And the thread of commonality is the love and care and concern for family. Where we are a little different, I think, is that although we both desire to better our situations and better maybe our living conditions that I've learned from these communities in the Philippines that family is more important than stuff. That's something that I think in America we can really learn. We can be reminded of the importance of our family relationships and our family dynamics and to get back to the importance of getting back to that. And it is something we see in in other cultures that are maybe more relationally oriented than we are here, the level of that. But then to come back and see the contrast, it, it just highlights sometimes what gets in our own way of those relationships here. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. And so what does poverty mean, right? I may have a lot materially, but I may be impoverished relationally. They may have little uh, materially, but they may, may be richer than me uh, relationally. Hmm. You mentioned dynamics of gratitude just for the simplest of things. How has the observation of watching people be so grateful for small things possibly made a shift in your own awareness of being grateful? It has given me more of appreciation for simple things. I've always been a last half full person or always wanted to see the beauty around me. Being amongst them and working alongside of these families and in these communities, it has definitely opened my eyes to the importance of little things like a glass of clean water, like a roof over our heads, a bed to sleep in, the health of our families, an opportunity to have education, medical care, a vehicle, a transportation are all luxuries that in America have become commonplace. And again, yeah, fortunately, God's 
blessed us to be able to think that all of those things are are what we have, you know, are, are to be taken for granted, right? And but I'm I now am very thankful for for all of those. So Sora products in the U.S. How are the products sold? Where can people find you? Mm-hmm. Yes, right now I'm selling in the Chicagoland area at open air market and also through home shows. I also have my team of Sora Angels across the country who have received product boxes who are sharing with their family and friends these uh, wallets and bags and handwoven products. So if people are listening and are not part of the Chicagoland market, they can find me online. And if they would be interested in either purchasing or being a distributor, I would love to talk to them more about that. And we'll include all that information in the post that goes along with this so that people will find it, have a way to be able to reach you. Great. So you mentioned your Sora angels in different places who receive product boxes. How do you see Sora going forward in expansion of marketing the products and and being able to expand the missional business? As we are working with the communities and on my last trip, we identified two new communities that could benefit from livelihood projects as well. We are identifying also more of the packaging materials that we use to weave the products, which is also a way that we can keep the packaging out of the landfills in the Philippines because they don't have recycling programs like we know of in the U.S., As we are expanding into new communities there, we're going to then be able to expand in the U.S. People in the the U.S., especially right now, are very environmentally aware and also becoming more aware of the social injustices globally that are happening. And my ladies and the communities that I'm working with are uh, at risk of some of those social injustice issues like human trafficking, like drug exploitation in these communities uh, because of the extreme poverty. So we're hoping to, in the next year, expand into two new communities, which would mean that we would then be able to expand in the U.S., If any of your listeners, Tina, would like to talk more about how that can happen and being a part of that expansion, that would be awesome. I Right now, I have a a great uh, volunteer, Sora Angel, um, out of Detroit, Michigan, who is helping me operationally, and he is uh, helping uh, project uh, my inventory, tracking inventory, thinking about how we are going to expand. And one of the ways is partnering with more people across the country to expand into those markets. So I would love to talk to your listeners more about that um, opportunity. Sora is not a full-time gig for you. Is that correct? Well, it's so as of last year, it is now. I left my corporate job in 2017 officially to invest my time into the Sora ministry, both in the U.S. and in Manila. So right now I'm spending a third of my year in the Philippines and two-thirds in the U.S. Um, I have given a nonprofit faith-based organization a two-year commitment to continue to establish the Sora missional business. Um, and then I will be prayerfully considering my continuing on in February of 2019. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. It makes me think now, uh, you know, sometimes we compartmentalize what ministry looks like. 
in what ways have you grown in your thinking about how God's used you and your skill set and expertise of the past to serve him through a missional business? I did not think that I could contribute as a worker in ministry with a business background. So I was supporting mission. I was a sender. I was involved that way. I was praying for ministry workers globally, but I have an architectural design background, like I mentioned, and was in project management and planning. And through the Sora products, missional business, he has shown me that he can use our business background. And there is a huge need for marrying God's work in the world with the ways that he has wired us with both project management skills, managerial people, managerial skills, uh, engineering, and entrepreneurial mindsets that to really, he's really challenged my thinking on that. So I'm glad I'm getting to, you know, to, to share that today with your listeners, because that really, I really had unknowingly compartmentalized the people I was talking to in my business. We would have great conversations spiritually and such, but the global piece of how he could use my business background for God's work in the world, he really shifted my mindset through what I've been, what I've been called to start. I've been thinking for several years, it was the people of God who started educational establishments, who started medical systems, that entrepreneurial, innovative movement that came through the people of God in many, many ways. I'm feeling like Mm. there's a fresh movement happening, Mm. which Mm -hmm. is part of what I'm hoping to inspire through these conversations. Yes, yes, that's really a good, a good point. Amy, as we close, uh, one of my hopes is to give encouragement to folks who might be feeling a nudge from God and feeling timid about taking those steps of faith. As someone who's journeyed that journey, what encouragement might you give them? Um, I would say take the steps that are opening up to you today that may not even look like they're connected to either anything that you're currently doing or that you may be feeling God nudging you to begin to step into because he will use, because he's in it all and God of it all, he will direct your path into your calling in ways that you would never imagine. Is what I have found. And to say, like, if someone had said to me four years ago, you are going to be leaving your career of 20 years to sell wallets for women in impoverished communities in the Philippines, I would have said, you know, what are you talking about? But it has been the most beautiful story. And he is allowing me to meet people that I would never have met tell a story that is amazing because it's his story and growing me in ways that if and when he does lead me back to my corporate environment will benefit me ultimately, you know, in my, you know, developing my skills as, as a leader there. So I would say just take those little steps and see him leading and directing and blessing. That's beautiful. As we close, would you just give the web address for SOAR products? Sure. Yes, it is www.soraproduct.com. And if someone would like to email, that is sorawallets at gmail.com. Very good. Amy, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Tina. It's been a pleasure. 
It's always interesting to hear the motivating circumstance behind a ministry. I came away from this conversation being reminded that God wastes nothing. A trip to the Philippines to provide retreat care for ministry workers exposed Amy to a world she never knew existed and visiting villages where women were making wallets and purses from plant material and food wrappers just to eke out a meager income caused Amy to come away with a simple thought, wondering what she could do to help. It began small, with the thought of sharing these handmade products with her friends and family. And through this one step of faithfulness, God is now using Amy to develop an expanding missional business. Have you had an experience where maybe you came away thinking, I wonder what I could do to help? Amy's wisdom was to do what is right in front of you today and trust God to guide you where you need to go. This week, I invite you to consider the experiences where maybe you've wondered what you could do to help. Today, I encourage you to offer your wondering as a question to God. It's like turning on the radar that is ready and waiting to receive a signal. In time, a response may begin to come into view. The most important part is being in a posture to notice And praying that wondering prayer to God puts us in this posture. And then, not discounting the ways God may invite you to participate in His work. I wanted to provide a space where you could share these things. So I've created a private Facebook group where you can share how God may be nudging you and find encouragement to take steps forward as you trust God to guide you where you need to go. Come on over and share your wonderings. We'd love to encourage you. So often... An idea never gains adequate clarity or can literally get talked to death and never take shape. If you have an idea that may not be clear or if you're not sure how to bring it to life, visit my website. I invite you to download the free ebook and if you think it would be helpful, schedule a complimentary conversation. It's my gift to you. Everything we've mentioned in this episode can be found at faithfulinnovation.com. Just enter Amy in the search and it will come right up. And if you're enjoying these conversations, I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review on iTunes. It'll help other people find us. So make it a great day and find your unique way to share the love of God with the people you encounter. Bye for now.